It's another review episode this week, and uh, it's me and Hannah. Hello. Doing uh, the latest doubleheader of releases that are coming your way. Kyle and Hannah go to the movies. <laughs> yeah. So this week we are focusing on First Man and The Old Man and the Gun, and the latter is one that only I saw, so I'm going to talk about that very, very briefly, uh, and then we'll kind of jump into First Man, which I think will be a longer discussion. But uh, The Old Man and the Gun, the latest movie from David Lowry, who uh, was the filmmaker behind one of my favorite films of last year, A Ghost Story. I think a movie that you enjoyed a bit yourself, right? I did, yeah. I feel like a lot of people missed it because of the Casey Affleck controversy. Um, but it was actually a really good film a lot of people kind of missed. Yeah, beautiful, towering feature that actually grew in my estimation after I watched it and uh, ended up cut, making the final cut for my top ten uh, as a result. And Casey uh, Affleck's in this one, too, right? He is, yeah, yeah. So The Old Man and the Gun, it's like a real-life story. So the final Robert Redford performance, he's a star. He and Sissy Spacek, along with Tom Waits and Danny Glover and Casey Affleck. Uh, so Robert Redford plays real-life criminal Forrest Tucker, who has this gang called the Over the Hill Gang, a bunch of sort of septuagenarian uh, bank robbers, who um, are basically cutting a swath throughout the U.S., and Casey Affleck is the the, the no nonsense cop family man who's tasked to go after him. It's a pretty charming film, uh, and it's kind of kind of split between two sort of differing plot lines. There's the cat and mouse game between the uh, the the gang and Affleck, and then there is the relationship story between Redford and Sissy Spacex character, which it really gets off to a wonderfully charming start, and uh, and it kind of grows from there. But it, it's interesting. It's not like a overly physical relationship. It's kind of one of these companionship, you know, December romances that mm-hmm. uh, you know people sort of seek as they reach you know their twilight years, and it's just really sweet and uh, well done, and it also kind of asks some interesting questions about the the concept of you know uh, settling down and settling. You know, and uh, there's a there's a sort of an interesting um, interesting sort of question that's posed by Robert Redford's character, especially throughout. Like, can he become domesticated, even though he's this guy who's been arrested like 15 times for all these different bank robberies and has escaped jail so many different times? Um, it's also a movie that is really like really charming like overall like it plays like a 70s Redford film mm. and to me um, <laughs> I, I, it's his last role uh, the last film he's ever going to be in and it almost plays like a tribute to his whole career not only because of the tone of the film uh, but also because of the fact that um, there are moments that utilize past Robert Redford footage uh, to sort of indicate him as a younger man, so they'll they'll Photoshop like old headshots, and those will be used for like old mug shots. And then they even at one point there's like this montage of all his different escapes, and they actually use footage from the 1970s movie or late 60s movie The Chase. Uh, Is that not distracting or? I don't know. It, it's weird. It, it, it's a weird thing because I think some of the fellow critics were kind of distracted by it, yeah. but for me, I thought. Uh, in a meta-textual sense, it ki- it kind of works okay. because this is it. He's not going to be on screen anymore, and so to be able to pull together something that sort of celebrates his career while also 
being able to work within the confines of the plot. You, you, you get pulled out, but it, I didn't hate it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So did you like this better or worse than a ghost story? Hmm. Definitely not as good as a ghost story. Okay. Um, it's much slighter. Um, it's, it's a movie that I think would play better with like our parents uh, you know, whereas a ghost story, I mean, people will fall. People, you know, people without like any patience will fall asleep. It's harder that, to know? like. Yeah, yeah, that's like a movie you've really got to to really dig into. But like, uh, I think general audiences who want like a movie that is that is A to B to C to D and has like some excitement to it, I think that is something that uh, probably will make it more appealing. Mm-hmm. But I think it doesn't. For me, it doesn't hit the same chords. And it doesn't quite have the same expansiveness as a ghost story. It, to me, it, it's it's shocking actually that this movie is from the same filmmaker. Uh, they they they're so diametrically opposed. But uh, I guess there is some shared DNA between like the uh, sort of relationship questions asked by a ghost story and that of the old man and the gun. Um, particularly when I talked about the Redford SpaceX stuff, which I think is actually the richest part of the film, even though all the stylistic flourishes really arrive in the actual sort of cops and robbers stuff. It's funny. I wonder if there's like a good double feature potential coming up with this, and then isn't there another movie coming up that's about the wives of bank robbers doing like one last job or something like that? Yeah, widows. Yeah, they're kind of like counterparts. Yeah, I hear Steve McQueen's Widows is not the movie you think it is. Okay. Like it's like it's funny. This is a much more straightforward film, whereas I hear Widows is not. So mm-hmm. it could be. Uh, it's adapted <laughs> from material that's about like one last heist from wives yeah. of Mike Roberts. Yeah, yeah. But maybe it'll end up being something a little different. Maybe. Uh, that that That's what I've heard, but I haven't seen it. Okay. So largely, I think this is a recommendable movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. A solid, uh, you know, B for me, uh, B plus maybe. I, I didn't. I was never bored. There's some. There's some uh, logic questions I, that uh, I and another critic had when we were discussing it afterwards. Um, but is it spoilery to say? Yeah, I guess so. I don't want to, you know, dig too deep. But there's kind of like, uh, why did this guy go that way? And when he went this way, you know, it did something. Something was going on spatially there with the film. Um, but it's kind of a smaller, nitpickier thing. Uh, largely, I think it's 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 an enjoyable feature and another another good outing for Lowry. So uh, I would go see it if you have it available to you. Um, on the other hand, let's talk about Last Man or First Man. First Man. Oh my God, I've been calling it Last Man <laughs> for for forever. Thinking about the this. French manga thing. Um, First Man, which is the story of Neil Armstrong, um, and uh, you know, will he make it to the moon or not? Yeah, not a lot of suspense in that question, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's beside the point to some degree, but this is the new movie from Damien Chazelle, the, the filmmaker behind Whiplash, which I love, uh, and La La Land. Which Hannah loves. No. <laughs> I liked it fine. I liked it fine. I, I, li- I like La La Land okay. I, I like it better than most people, actually. But uh, the uh, Whiplash to me is really the Ch- Chazelle masterpiece. And, uh, or something close to it. And this is his big epic. Um, and it's his first movie that's not about musicians. Yeah. <laughs> and it feels honestly like his most Oscar-baity film, which... 
how do you do a biopic about Neil Armstrong that doesn't feel Oscar Beatty is what I wondered going into this and thought that maybe he would do it. And for me, he kind of didn't. I don't know how else to put that. Like, I think if you are interested in a biopic about Neil Armstrong, this will serve you well. But I think if you're anything like me and not at all interested in that topic, but thinking maybe this director will somehow turn it on its head in a way that's interesting, uh, you will find that that doesn't really happen. It's still a fairly straightforward, kind of slower-paced biopic. I, I don't think this movie would work for people who are looking for a straight-laced biopic at all. I, I think this movie you don't is. Think? I think this movie is so boring that I think people who go in looking for uh, the Winston Churchill type movie, uh, what the hell was that that came out last year? Uh, the Darkest Hour. People are looking for that kind of thing or the Post. I it mean, reminded me of. Um, come on, this thing is. This thing will put people to sleep. I think it reminded me of the one with Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, really? Yeah. Oh man, I think I thought that the Imitation Game, which I didn't Imitation like at game. all. Yeah. I didn't like that movie at all, but I I could see how that movie would like get people who like that kind of thing excited. That one had more dramatic flourishes than this one did. This one was like drier feeling and. The length of this one is really the problem. It's a slog. It's two and a half hours. It feels like four. It's it's really long. The back half works for me, and then the first half is just a really kind of slow... I told Kyle it kind of reminded me of, like, Tree of Life, in a way, in that it was just, like, these random <laughs> But it scenes. sucked. Tree of Life, but it sucked. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it sucked. I'm not as down on it as you are. <laughs> Oof. But to me, the problem with this movie, when I saw the trailer for this movie, I thought, man, it seems like they're really going for epic amounts of tension for this flight that you know is going to be successful. How is that going to work? And that, that, that question wasn't answered for me. That really is what it does. It tries to pack a ton of tension into, like, will he live? Will he make it? Which is tough, because we already know. So. Yeah, and I mean, cutting out like the real-world dramatic potential, I can I can divorce myself from that, because this is a very dangerous mission. It's very terrifying. And I'll give Ch- you know, Chiselle credit. Uh, the, the space flight sequences of this film are very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, especially if you go see it in the IMAX format in which it's intended, I bet you it looks phenomenal. There's a little bit of stuff that's cribbed from Kubrick, which is funny considering moon landing jokes and stuff. But uh, there's there's a bit of 2001 in here in every sort of space sequence with the classical music, and it's 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 really like evocative of that that stuff in a way similar to Interstellar. Um, yeah. And it was pointed out to me, I I had no idea, I didn't even make the connection. But this is another movie about a guy who goes to space because his daughter dies. Like, is this is, is ill health or is yeah. is this sort of the driving factor? I, did, I, didn't, I didn't get that read on it that he went to space because his daughter died. I mean, he was already an astronaut. But it was like a core component of his character. It, his daughter's death was definitely a uh, emotional thrust in the film. Kind of the only one, I thought. I know. That's the problem is like... They, you know, I don't know if maybe Neil Armstrong was a very private and guarded man. I get the impression that he probably was because it didn't feel like they really knew him or what to say about him at all. Other yeah. than just that he didn't really, he had a daughter who died young. He didn't like to talk about it. He didn't like to talk about his feelings. 
and he was a good astronaut. He's the most boring dude imaginable. Like I like I can't imagine a more boring central figure to create a movie around. And I don't know anything about the real Neil Armstrong. I don't either. Maybe yeah. he, maybe he was you know just as dull. You know, but this this was like this movie was like watching paint dry. I yeah, mean, I kind I, I kind of almost wanted a movie about Buzz Aldrin. And the few scenes we got about him because he had like way more color and character. I mean, they made him out to be an asshole. Which... They did, but I mean, at least they gave him some kind of personality, you know? Yeah, like he's like all these like stoic NASA, you know, astronauts and, and uh, engineers and stuff. And he's like saying those crude shit imaginable. You know, and I, I, I almost wonder, like, I think Ryan Gosling did a good job. I love Ryan Gosling, I love everything he does. However,. I wonder if he was the best person for this because Ryan Gosling also brings to almost every role he takes this kind of stoic, quiet, wounded man thing. Yeah. He's really good at that. Yeah. Um, but for a part that was already so underdeveloped, I wonder if that wasn't the wrong approach. You I know, because I didn't, I didn't really feel anything from him. Yeah, I won't say that they're like spitting images of one another, but I can see the physical resemblance enough to make that work. It's also the fact that he's he and Chazelle are tight. I know. So that's that's a big part of it. Um, but I mean, like I think about like him in Drive, you know, where he like barely said a word. Yeah. And to me, it's like kind of a similar character type. Or sadly, Place Beyond the Pines. You know, yeah. I mean, he's he he does that a lot. He's really good at it. But again, yeah. when 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 your central character has very little defining him, someone who plays these kind of wordless, formless sympathetic characters i just don't know if it was the right call you know know. it's weird too because i I, there was a part to which like in the first hour especially i was thinking huh i kind of admire the fact that this movie is really expositionless like they don't they don't they don't introduce who anyone is really you just kind of have to figure it out but after a while i was starting to think wait this guy just died and i don't even know his name yeah i started to lose like the stakes of it all and uh, it spans a lot of time yeah it it does span what like a decade kind of yeah yeah it's 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 a long it's a stretch from like his days as like an sort of an experimental pilot uh to 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 you know finally being on the moon so yeah that's it's a it's a long stretch of time i i don't know like I, i the first hour is extremely oppressive to me and not in like a tonal way but in like a I want to leave the theater kind of way. It's really quite slow. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it is a, it, it's just like an endless desert of just nothing. I mean, I, I was really having a hard time. I almost whispered over to you to say, I, I think I want to leave. And I never do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think it was walk out bad. I think it just, it just didn't seem like it had a lot to say. Yeah. I don't know how else to say it. Like it, it almost, you know, and I've seen this controversy about, like, they don't show the flag or something like that, and that's stupid, whatever. <laughs> they show the flag all the time! Yeah, that's, that's nothing. <laughs> but but I will say that it doesn't, while I appreciate that it doesn't have this, like, glowing patriotic obsession, it, it didn't really replace that with anything for me. Like, I didn't feel much other than just kind of i guess relief that the technical components worked correctly when yeah. they worked correctly right. um there wasn't a lot of i don't know there just wasn't a lot of feeling it was kind of clinical and kind of like reading someone's journal yeah sure once he joins nasa it gets better uh you know incrementally until you finally get to like the part where they're 
actually on the moon, and that's when I'm like, oh, okay, now this is cool. This is this is much more interesting. And spoilers: to watch. they go to the moon. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. totally kidding. Gus Grissom dies, and uh, yeah, there's you know, let's just look up Wikipedia. You know, yeah. the, the spoilers are there to be had. But um, I I just beyond like those spacefaring moments where the characters were at their in danger like the Gemini disaster or the Gemini I didn't know it was called that that I learned that much that 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 disaster with the three astronauts and then and then uh, you know the moon landing and then any of the, sort of the tests that's mm-hmm. the only time I was really interested in what was going on I thought all the stuff with like the kids really didn't work um, you know his wife uh, played uh, you know wonderfully by uh, Claire, Foy. Claire Foy from The Crown and her, her accent uh, was better I thought well it's because it was used sparingly yeah <laughs> she, she wasn't in it much I mean the, the one other thing I will say is they, they spent a lot of time kind of exploring the um, space racy tension like that the speed at which they were really trying to like outpace Russia in the beginning and then they kind of dropped that completely yeah that was kind of the only big theme in the first half was like the we gotta beat Russia we gotta beat Russia space race is fascinating by the way it Um, isn't theory it wasn't in this I didn't think yeah Um, uh, but like on paper it's really fascinating like I, I that was always one of my favorite things to hear about in school uh, the space race, and then like what I thought was cool, and they I think they only touched on it a little bit was the cost of NASA. Right. They they that kind of annoyed me is that they gave us like a peripheral twenty second montage of that, which I kind of felt like do it or don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, they they showed a couple of scenes of people kind of like rioting and holding up signs about like hey we don't have food we don't have resources why are we doing this and then that was it that was it it was it was so brief that it was almost not worth doing and they never answer that question no like that's the biggest problem is they 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 bring it up and they're just like meh yeah they, they just kind of actually <laughs> state, reckoning like, with it. <laughs> hey there's a space race we're rushing hey people are upset about the costs and then this man wants to live yeah i don't know it 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 didn't just it just didn't come together for me. Yeah, for sure. But that, that said, I didn't hate it like you did. I would, I would say it's like a C plus B minus kind of a film. I think it could have lost a good thirty five minutes from its running time easily. Yeah, it's two and a half hours. There's no need for that. Yeah, it it it's it's so long. It's so long. What would you give it? D plus. D plus. The gentleman's F. Um, I'm just, I, I, I mean, maybe a C minus just for the technical merits. Yeah. But I, you know, I'd rather watch the right stuff any day. I'd rather watch Interstellar any day. And I sure as hell would rather watch 2001. I mean, I would rather watch like Apollo 13. Sure. (laughs) I mean, you know, I, I, I I haven't seen Apollo 13 in a long time, but yeah. I haven't either. But I mean, if you're going for like a crowd pleasery kind of space movie. Yeah. I just, I found that this was just. I didn't understand what the point was, you know, like, yeah. it, it just, it was really a, just, just, just a real struggle, other than to show off uh, Chazelle's, like, technical chops. And I think you mentioned as we were coming out, like, the the timing of this movie, like, a movie about 
a great white man and his accomplishments is also a little bit off just politically yeah it seems like it's bad timing Uh, I mean it's it doesn't change the fact that this was an impressive story that could you know that has been told many times but it's just kind of like admiring of a guy that we don't even really get to know yeah that's the problem it's like the space race and the moon landing are all very interesting Neil Armstrong based on this movie is not yeah and that is as much I mean I'm, I'm all about American exceptionalism you know when framed in a really like blisteringly fascinating fashion this is this was not it it's it's it, it's not it, it doesn't really feel like it's about exceptionalism in general it's just it, it's just this kind of it doesn't really have a lot to say yeah so. it really says nothing yeah and, I mean unfortunately that might be something you could level at a number of Chazelle's films but um I will say this, if this is the Oscar race, last week's A Star is Born versus this movie, this is the worst Oscar race in, in recent memory. That's only two movies, though. I know, but if these are like the front runners, oh no. Are they? They might be, yeah. And really? Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping if Beale Street can talk, really like turns things around and gets me, or Widows or something gets me like excited for. <laughs> I don't know, I feel like a lot of times when we talk about the early Oscar front runners, they end up being not really the front runners. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I do think A Star is Born is, is I think I think, yeah, it's going to get... It's they're a, gonna campaign the hell out of that movie. Yeah, well, they're already doing it. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's 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 it is it is the front runner right yeah. now. So that's it's early days, though. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the other thing I would just you know not to not to get too far into a tangent, but I would probably also just keep an eye out for that New Yorkers Lanthimos movie, which is apparently the what favorite. Movie? The favorite. What's which, it called? Uh, it's called the favorite. It's called the favorite. Oh, yeah. I thought you Your, meant it is the favorite. No, 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 no. Yorgos Lanthimos's new movie, um, which is a, the one a lot of people are talking about. Okay. So you know, if you if you liked um, the Lobster, you know, perhaps which I did. <laughs> that might be that's my that's my great hope for the end of this year. Yeah, that in the new Barry Jenkins movie, if Beale Street could talk, like I said, I'm your, willing to hold out hope on those. All right. So what? So all right. Um, First man, don't go see it. Do go see it. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, for me, if I had paid twenty dollars, I would have been kind of annoyed. Yeah. Um, I would probably wait for like streaming or rental. Would be yeah. my vote. You'd probably say not even. See I it. would just say watch the right stuff instead. <laughs> you know, just 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 watch something else. I mean, honestly, I this just this really like I wanted to like this so bad. I really did. Because I thought maybe this guy could go four for four. Even though I'll say four for four, but let's say three for three in the ones I've seen. Wait, what's the fourth? He had a movie before Whiplash that I haven't seen. But people seem to like it. Um, Another musical, kind of like La La Land. But um, I I really, really was hoping this was going to be like this year's ball buster for me. And it instead was just one of the most miserable times I've had at the theater this year. <laughs> like, like with the okay, bad... was it worse than Predator? I think I laughed more at Predator. <laughs> That's true. I mean, like, I, I honestly, like, in my rankings, I think Predator's higher 
just because I laughed at a few jokes. Yeah. In the end, it'll probably balance out. I guess there's a difference between quality and experience. Yeah, I know. And this one just makes for a bad experience, I, I know. think. And I'm telling y'all, good luck with your audiences if you go see it, because I think you're going to be with some folks who are not, have, have no patience for this Ours thing. is very distracted and talky. Yeah, that's going to be a real issue, I think, with this movie. A lot of cell phone checking, at the very least. Um, anyway, uh, this weekend, you can go see... I of these movies definitely First Man maybe The Old Man and the Gun it probably is playing near you even though it's opening in less theaters I definitely recommend that one uh, if uh, you haven't seen uh, Bad Times at the El Royale either which is also opening this weekend and I reviewed that over at The Beat so feel free to check that out at comicsbeat.com that is a movie I definitely recommend Uh, two and a half hours same length as, as First Man and it totally flies by that's the difference maker and uh, well, we'll be back next week, perhaps, to talk about Halloween movies because next we got a week, a couple scary ones coming up. Halloween opens, so and then uh, we have Suspiria. Yeah, that's like the week after, I think. That's true. And I don't know if we're allowed to talk about that in the week after. I'm not. I can't have to see. So maybe we'll just talk about Halloween. <laughs> uh, well, I'll have to go back and check. I have no idea. But uh, yeah, Halloween, we will definitely talk about next week. So we'll see you then. Same bat time, same bat channel. The Eagle has landed. We're on the fucking moon. Over. We copy that. We cannot believe cannot fucking you are on the fucking moon. Repeat. Cannot fucking believe it. Over. You are cleared to hook up the moon. What the fuck? You are on the Standing on the surface of the fucking moon.